Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and again, thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on uh, over the airwaves of Red State, Red State Talk Radio, the most Listen to talk the number one talk uh, platform in the nation. Thank you for being a part of that. I want to thank our terrestrial stations for uh, replaying and playing the show uh, throughout the Fruited Plains as well. And I also want to thank Loving Liberty and Liberty Roundtable for uh, having us, inviting us into their family. Um, you're listening to the platform, the show that is the bridge to conversation in our great nation and got a great show for you today coming up at the bottom of the hour will be jonathan gilliam former navy seal um special agent and author of the book sheep no more jonathan gilliam will be uh my special guest at the bottom of the hour so stay tuned and i also uh want to say and give congratulations to the president of the United States for being the president who can legitimately claim credit for taking down ISIS head El Baghdadi. Yeah, it must absolutely drive the um, progressive liberals crazy. It must absolutely drive them crazy because it appears that um, every time they try to take the president down, somehow he always uh, manages something that is just bigger than any of the seemingly meaningless things that the Democrats try to ambush him with. It's just absolutely insane, folks, how this thing tends to work against them. I have said it before, and I'm going to say it again, uh, that you cannot uh, in any way believe that... Uh, Donald John Trump (laughs) is not, was not intended to be president of these United States. I believe it it was indeed all in a 
uh, design to keep this Judeo-Christian nation one that um, is blessed from sea to shining sea by God. I believe that there was a design by the, the creator that is put into our founding documents. I believe there was a design and is a design in President Donald Trump having assumed uh, the mantle of this office. I just believe that there is a design to that. And so, friends, when we look at the onslaught, and that's exactly what it is, an onslaught of a uh, negative news about this president and what he's all about. I believe that it, in, in the strangest of ways, check this out, in the strangest of ways, there has not been one thing that the Democrats have tried to make stick on this president that has ever stuck. And and we're and listen, uh there have been some some things that if it, it were not al- allowed to be exposed. I hope you're hearing me now. There are some things that if they were not allowed to be exposed, why the magnitude of the lie that they represented would absolutely, I mean, just absolutely um, take down the the, the most the grandest of men, and 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 Trump, of course, has a a, a past that uh, you know billionaire playboy past. He has that. Let, let let's let's just be upfront and honest about who we elected president of the United States. We did not elect a choir boy to this office, did we? No, 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 no. We we did not elect a choir boy to the office of president of the United States. We did not. And so uh, in understanding that we did not elect a choir boy to this office, what do we have? We have a billionaire businessman who is the... Uh, who is the, the the person who is carrying on and and representing America at this point in time he's a businessman and and let's not forget this before he became uh, the president of the United States he was the darling of Media. I mean, let's not forget that uh, he was the creator, owner of one of the most successful reality shows 
on television during its time. That was Celebrity Apprentice. Apprentice. And who were the Apprentice? They were some of the most liberal people you could possibly imagine. They gladly came on the show with Donald John Trump, Melania, yeah, without any 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 reservation, Don Jr., Eric, they, they gladly came on this show. And 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 now those same celebrities, so many of them, are indeed no more, no less, no less than turncoats. All of uh, the so-called friends of uh, Donald Donald Trump, of Trumps in New York City, in Chicago, Los Angeles, wherever you go, around the, the country, because he's much. Uh, glorified in in corners of the world, uh, people don't understand why uh, this nation or so many in this nation don't like this president, especially since he has had the courage to operate within the principles and precepts of what America is. A Judeo-Christian nation. He's not ashamed of that. Good. He's not ashamed of that. And it has been the mediocre attitudes of other presidents toward our Judeo-Christian values and ethics that I believe, my opinion, just my opinion, that I believe are indeed a part of um, America's decline uh, in, in so many social issues, on so many social issues like abortion and, and, and like, uh, you know, the redefinition of marriage, th- those types of things. I believe that it has been a lackadaisical an undefined relationship that American presidents have with the Judeo-Christian ethic that has been so much a part of the falling away in America. I'm not talking about uh, necessarily people not going to church and all of that. I'm saying that Back when America, and I'm not talking about times, understand me, let me clarify what I'm about to say so that someone out there does not misinterpret or misunderstand what I'm saying. Things were not as good for everybody in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. 80s. They they were not as good for everybody. 
as they were for some. But the paradox is Americans were better people. Are you hearing me? Americans were better people back then than they are now. Times were not as good. We had not evolved uh, in 1960, we were only a hundred years out of the Civil War. All right. In the 1960s, we were only 100 years out of the Civil War. So times were not as good. But people were better. And it's a strange thing about how that th- how that works. It indicates that we often are victims of our times and what creates those times trends uh, designed trends that move us in a direction. And you can believe this. There is definitely a trending direction that uh, our nation is slowly but steadily moving toward. And the drag on it is people, I'm sure about 97 percent of you. I'm I'm pretty sure about 97 percent of you out there. Are with, are with the group that are trying to save the republic, which, which has created the greatest nation on the face of the planet, blessed by God, from sea to shining sea. That is what we are here to save, and that's what, what we are here to try and save why because as the uh european eastern bloc immigrant said to me and i've shared this with you on several occasions shared this uh, with some people in south carolina on this past weekend um he asked me a question cl If America go away, if America goes away, where do people go? And 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 put a pin right there. And and let me say this. There's another thing that's paradoxical going on in this country, even though you have a shift, a movement toward uh, things, all things Islam, all things gay. Are you hearing me? Uh, you have a, a shift toward things that uh, give special preference and special treatment to all things Islam. But on the other hand, flip side of the coin, and, and believe me, it's total reversal of coins. On the other hand, you have an America that is uh, also wanting to 
uh, make a very special interest all things that are so-called gay. Keep in mind, I grew up in an era where gay was a wholly different type of definition. So Islam, uh, in, in, in Islamic countries, some of them, many of them, Saudi Arabia for certain, Gay people are persecuted, along with several other groups of people, women in particular. Although women are beginning to make breakthroughs in Saudi Arabia, but for decades, ages, women in Saudi Arabia have been fifth-class citizens. Let's just face it. They throw gay people off of roofs there. They totally oppress them. The last thing you want. I don't know if they can tell uh, how gay the women are in Saudi Arabia, but the last thing you want if you're a Saudi Arabian father is a gay son. Oh, my goodness. You're talking about ostracism. Yes, you are. But the, the, the paradox is uh, you bring that then to America and you blend it. I don't think it blends, but then you try and merge it in a culture where you have uh, unisexed type of movements that glorify things that back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that yes, even though they were there, they were in their own world. And I guess that's still the way it is, except they're very vocal about the world they're in. And they are more inviting to you to visit that world and then make it part of your own. That's what's going on. You see, you see, they want, they not only want you to visit their world, but they want you to make their world part of your own. And if you don't, you're ostracized. If you don't, you're ostracized. Are you hearing me? So, friends, understand this one thing. We have a job to do, and we must do it. And in doing it, pardon me, in doing it, we must also educate. Uh, If we are to do this job of saving the republic, that's how I opened up here then we must also do the job of educating. I'm CL. I'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. Have a great show. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. 
play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA, all across the Fruited Plains, uh, the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. Hey, uh, folks, I was saying to you that it is the strangest thing about our American journey when we consider uh, just where we have come from and uh, what we may have actually left behind uh, us in our American past. And that is a, a semblance, a, a, vi- a, a understanding of what goodness is. Are you hearing me? Um, As simple as that may sound, there is something that you must understand about American goodness. Huh? And the very idea of goodness. You're coming around to uh, this time of the year where the the song will be played. uh, It's about Santa Claus, right? Uh, So be good for goodness sake. Huh? So, be good for goodness sake. That's that's what that's all about in so many cases. American goodness, even though, hey, we can look back on some times in our country when the times were not as good, but we as people were better people. And we appreciate it being Americans even more so than I think we do at this point in time. Otherwise, you could still champion the job that this president is doing because he is doing a job of protecting our nation. On with me now is someone who has that responsibility and has uh, been a champion of ours in uniform, in former Navy SEAL. Well, he is a Navy SEAL and wants a SEAL, always a SEAL, uh, special agent. And, of course, he is my good friend, author of the book Sheep No More. And I want to talk to him about uh, this lack of appreciation of the president taking out uh, al-Baghdadi. And, uh, of course, the Chicago, the Chicago police chief up there who seems to be disrespectful the president in ways that I just cannot understand. Jonathan Gilliam, the man of the hour. Thank you so much for being on with me. How are you, brother? 
I'm doing good, my friend. Thank you for having me. Jonathan, uh, the president has, in my opinion, have given, has done a, 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 an incredible job. And the military, of course, the operation that he approved, uh, has done an incredible job of taking out one of our nemesis. Talk to us about the implications of this. Talk to us about the good of this or the, or the bad about it. Talk to us from your perspective, Jonathan Gilliam. Well, it's always good in the way that we show that we can project uh, our power anywhere, anytime. That's always good because what it does is it forces uh, our enemies to uh, try and work in more closed-knit communities where, uh, unfortunate for them, we have a tremendous amount of resources, sources, human sources, and electronic um intelligence. So these people think that they're closing themselves off more and working more in secret, but our ability to still target them uh, actually is beneficial for us when they do these things, uh, uh, when they retreat, uh, basically, after we uh, have an attack like this. So it really is good because we keep them on the run. And when you take out particular people like al-Baghdadi or Osama bin Laden, what you're showing is not only do you have the ability to fight them, not only do you have the ability to carry out strategic attacks clear across the world, but also to pinpoint accurately take out leaders uh, or the leader of their ideological movements. That, it's just it's huge. And my second question to you then is why or do you expect uh, the Dems to continue their onslaught, even in the midst of this presidential triumph that Trump has just experienced. Uh, what kind of, how far are they going to go with their lunacy, Jonathan? Well, I'll tell you something, CL. Um, I think that that is our greatest national security threat, not al-Baghdadi and ISIS and, and al-Qaeda. I mean, they're definitely, we're at war with them. They declared war on us. The reality is the politics that you see, uh, the way that these people have reacted when Trump was clearly uh, in charge of overwatch and approval of this operation that was planned and ran by uh, military special forces. And you see the way that he's belittled, not only by politicians, but on Saturday Night Live. While this was actually going down, Saturday Night Live was doing a skit where they had the leader of ISIS meeting with Trump to thank him uh, for pulling everybody out of Turkey or, excuse me, out of Syria. Well, now we know the reality of that uh, it wasn't quite that way, but it was interesting to see them belittling the president um, and almost promoting ISIS and yeah. giving them validity. At the same time, this president was doing real work. And uh, and I think it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous when you have uh, politicians that are styming the president's ability or efforts to make the country great or keep it great or keep you know the military powerful and they're they're trying to stop that at, at every possible angle for their own benefit and you know jonathan uh you are the author of a book called sheep no more and the reason i want to bring it in right now is because uh, i think if there's no other time or there hasn't been a time recently when americans should be vigilant i think it's now that we all should be vigilant especially if we travel abroad and so forth but jonathan you wrote this book for us as americans to understand that there are certain uh things that we must make ourselves aware of should we become a warrior class and how does our uh your book um, uh, sheep no more help us uh, awaken and be aware 
Well, you know, we were just talking about this. I'm up at Sears now. I just got off the David Webb show. I hosted for him today. And uh, we, we were just talking about this, how, you know, if you listen to, like, Meet the Press and you listen to the media and the politicians this past weekend that are on the left, um, and, and I'll, I'm even going to give the vice president a little bit of uh, criticism, you know, whether we're dealing with our enemies overseas or whether you're dealing with your political enemies, it's time for the American people to start claiming their citizenry and the power that they have as the people. And when we face our enemies, the country needs to stop worrying about whether or not we're going to incite the uh, Islamic fundamentalists in attacking us by because the president said that we brought pieces of al-Baghdadi home and they were trying to appease that ideology and saying that that uh, that was wrong, that Obama did the right thing when he respected the body of Osama bin Laden, the ridiculous stuff like that. You know, what has to happen in this country is, and the reason why I wrote that book was so that people can start to be more empowered themselves, so that they can start taking back into uh, their own hands their own protection, because they've been taught learned helplessness by these exact people who don't know how to defend this company, this country, excuse me, and refuse to uh, face our enemies with a war footing. And the reality is American people, whether they realize it or not, they do certain things on a daily basis to protect themselves. They lock their cars. They lock their doors at night. Uh, they make sure that their children are dressed and go to school fed. Uh, and when it's cold outside, you put a coat on them. You do all those things for protection of your family and your loved ones. And I just put it into a book and showed people how instead of just saying, you know, I know it's dangerous. I got to lock the doors. You can say, not only do I know it's dangerous, but I know that attackers can get in. This will be their motivation, their avenue of approach, the vulnerabilities that they'll exploit so that when you get that information, you can turn around and build your better defenses. That's what we need to be doing as Americans. And that's what the government needs to can to do and allow the president to do because that's exactly what he's doing let's press forward with something you just said and folks i don't want you to miss this term that jonathan just used you said it is a learned helplessness expand on that are we have we been taught as americans through progressive liberal ideas perhaps uh jonathan gilliam to learn to be helpless talk to us but, but I mean, all you got to do is look at the inner city and look at impoverished. You know, I grew up extremely poor in Arkansas. And a lot of the times I was told, you know, you're poor. Here's a handout. You know, my mom, I love her to death. She's uh, my muse and my hero in life. You know, she was on welfare. She had four kids. Uh, got divorced with my father who died when I was 13. So she was raising four kids on her own in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas. She had to go on welfare for a period of time. But she used it to help herself get ahead uh, so that she could work and save money and get a home and get off of welfare. You know, People it's a, like in New York City, they're told to stay on it. There's no ramifications for staying on welfare. You, there's people who live in housing projects for generation after generation with no incentive to get out and become uh, the best that they can be. And that's learned helplessness. Eventually, generation after generation eventually it'll just be who they are there instead of saying you know we're down on our luck we're going to get out of it they'll just say oh this is just who i am this is where i was born and they live 
off the dole. That's wow. learned helplessness. Wow. And uh, I salute your mother. It takes a special caliber of woman to produce the type of citizen, the American, that she has produced. We salute you out there, Mom. And listen, let's uh, say this. Uh, let's, let me ask you this as well, Jonathan. I uh, am looking at or I have been uh, taking tabs on the president's speech to uh, the police chiefs um, gathering there in Chicago. And I don't understand what is in the mind of a law enforcement officer. And you, you, you are one, you know. Uh, so how do you justify being chief of police in the city where the president of the United States is coming along with other of your uh, compatriots. How is it possible that you can make up in your mind not to be there? Is the deep, not the deep state, but is the progressive liberal agenda in Chicago just that strong and delusive, delusional? (laughs) It it absolutely is. You know, one thing that made my mom uh, so powerful who she is, is because she's Christ-centered, right? She's a Christian, and her morals and ethics have always been guided by that. And when you look at what's going on in Chicago and you look at these other places, there is no morality. This chief of police up there that that didn't show up or whatever the antics are, it's politically motivated. They're not out there to do the job for the right reasons. They get the job because of politics, and then they run their departments into the ground. I I don't know if you even know this, CL, but I was talking to a, a cop in Chicago uh, about six months ago, uh, reached out to me and said, you're going to fall over. He told me to sit down. He said, in order for me to get somebody uh, to arrest somebody and have them put in jail for robbery, it has the theft has to exceed $10,000, and they have to have had eight prior convictions. Wow. Not charges, convictions. Wow. In order for the DA to pick up that case and prosecute that person. Wow. So if that you, be so 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 if I'm so if I'm OK, say I'm walking down the street. OK. And my yep. luggage and wallet, everything's stolen. Uh, but it's only it's only eight thousand dollars. Let's just say it's only eight grand. So the D.A. is not even going to pursue the people who did this. They're not going to pursue them. Is that what you're telling us, Jonathan? Well, let's let's say you were leaving your restaurant that you worked hard to open. and You had 20 grand. But then you only it's, – it's the first time you've ever been arrested. Or maybe you had five prior, five prior charges or convictions for uh, for robbery. He's, the DA's still not going to pick that up. You have to have at least $10,000 and eight prior convictions. Wow. Wow. That is absolutely – the, the death knell of authority in Chicago, a place that's piling bodies up still – Every weekend, Uh, Jonathan Gilliam, when we talk about police authority and we talk about the citizens as someone who is very familiar with law enforcement yourself, what is it when we when when police ask you to comply? A lot of Americans don't understand the 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 need for that from our men and women in uniform. Got about four minutes left in this segment, but I want you to stay with me through the break. But if you can would start your answer. 
Well, so you're asking me what is it when people don't comply? With what, the, why, the why, why, should, why should we comply with our police authorities? Why should citizens comply when, the, when asked to do, well, when you're pulled over in, in your car or something of that yeah. nature? Why, why should, why, what makes it better for, for us to comply? Because as a society, we have to have rules, we have to have laws, and we have to have authority to in- ensure that those laws and rules are in effect and for our own safety. And if you stop, uh, if you stop respecting those who enforce those laws, um, then you're going to have a breakdown in society, which we're seeing in places like Chicago. And the other thing is, uh, CL, is that most of the time when you get pulled over or when the cops show up for a wrong reason, you are actually guilty of something, right? So that's the other thing. Making sure that you go the speed limit, making sure that you, uh, your morals and ethics guide you, you are not going to have a run-in with the police. Right. That's, it's pretty simple. That's pretty That's, that's true. Right. And uh, if, if you have – and listen, uh, I, I don't know how many miles I travel uh, in, in my region here, of course, and how many other miles I fly and rent a car and drive all over the place. Uh, I, I cannot remember – and, and I'm a full disclosure. I'm a black man in America driving everywhere, the deep south, the east, the northeast or the west, out west. Just got back from Los Angeles, uh, you know, North Carolina. Uh, you know, let, let me tell you something. I, I can't remember the last time uh, a police officer has stopped me. And the last time I was engaged with one, let me go. Let me go on my way. And I don't think it was just because you know, that was C.L. Bryant. I don't think it was at all. I just did what he wanted me to do. <clears throat> Mr. Bryant, slow down. Sent me on my way. <laughs> that right. was it. And so, and, well, and it goes, go ahead. It goes along also with, you know, with people who, you know, they say, I went into, uh, I'm not just talking about minorities here, but, you know, anybody. But let's just say, you know, there's always a thing like, I, if you're a black kid and you go into a, a convenience store, how they say you're, they're, they're looking at you weird. Well, if that convenience store is in a predominantly black neighborhood and they're predominantly robbed by, young people who are happen to have dark skin well yeah they're going to be paranoid and you know a lot of these kids don't even realize that the fashions that they have come from prison you know the the fact that the hats turn sideways or the pants are sagging all that comes from people getting shaken down by cops or when they're in the, when they go to jail and they throw their they check their hat see if there's anything that they throw it back on their head they, they undo their belt, pull their pants down to see if there's anything around their belt line that could hurt the cops or any drugs or anything. And that becomes a fashion sense. And then people wear that, and then they go into places, and they're, they're shocked when people look at them and say, I don't know if this kid's up to, any good, to no good. You know, it has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with how do you carry yourself, what do you present when you go in somewhere, and what what is the neighborhood that you're in and who does the majority of the crime? You know, that's really what it has to do with. And if you are a good, upstanding person, you walk into a place with a smile on your face and you say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you are not going to have a problem. I don't care what color you are, what gender you are. If you're a good person, you're not going to have bad problems. That is a fact, folks. That is a fact. When we return with Jonathan Gilliam on the other side of this break, I want to talk to him about the job the president is doing. And I also want to revisit why we as Americans need to get to a place where we 
we are more aware, not parent, not parent. I want to use the word paranoid, but there is a certain a level of awareness. And I want Jonathan Gilliam, who is absolutely an expert on talking about this, to share more about it after we uh, ask him the type of job the president is doing. Stay with me. We'll be back with the C.L. Bryant show. I am C.L. Bryant after these brief words over Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA for all of our friends in the New York City area. And I ha- do have a bunch of you up there who contact me and say you heard the show, but you also saw the billboard as you walked down through Times Square right above Ripley's. Believe it or not, the Red State Talk billboard is there. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on that billboard. And uh, old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. So thank all of you throughout the Fruited Plains for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on Red State Talk, the number one platform for talk in the country, Red State. And my special guest here today. Today is my good friend, Jonathan Gilliam, Navy SEAL. He is special agent, uh, Jonathan Gilliam, and author of a wildly popular book. It is called Sheep No More. He, along with myself, we're, we're Trump supporters. Yeah, and we want to make America great again and keep it safe as well. And Jonathan, talking about the uh, the book, tell us how to get a hold of the book and how to get a hold of you if, in fact, uh, we would like to have you come to a place near us. Uh, well, the, the book can be found uh, anywhere that books are sold, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, they can get it. It's got two workbooks that go with it now. So if you read the book and you're, you're like, I, I really want to apply this, which I hope you do, um, to my home, or I'm trying to get it in front of schools. If there's any congressmen listening uh, or mayors or uh, principals, I'm trying to get the book and the workbooks into schools so that they can do their own threat assessments on their schools. Um, but it's available anywhere that books are sold. It's done quite well. We sold over 70,000 copies so far. So hopefully that'll reach into the millions and the more people that have it. I, I truly believe that this book is different than others. It's not just a story or stories. It's uh, these are techniques for you um, that are interesting to read. Uh, so hopefully that's where that'll, that that more people will, will go get it. Fantastic. And they can find me as far as as far as far as me. See, you know, they can find me on Twitter, uh, Jonathan T. Gilliam. They can just look my, look up my name. Uh, same thing with uh, 
Facebook or, or YouTube or Instagram. I don't really know what Instagram's all about, but uh, but I'm on there. And um, <laughs> and then if they want to reach me, they can go to Jonathan uh, at JonathanTGilliam.com, and they can uh, send me a message, and I'd be more than happy to, to come down and speak at some of these places. Florida is, let me tell you something, Florida sets the standard for how much they are working for Trump. Oh, they yeah. have every other week somebody's having a meeting down there where a thousand people show up in Florida. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll be in Palm Beach, folks, uh, November four through six, and uh, I uh, all all every time, every time I'm in Florida and anywhere in Florida, uh, it is a huge partisan crowd there for the president. And let's talk about that, uh, Jonathan. Whenever, wherever, wherever the president shows up, he was here in Louisiana, Lafayette, uh, down in Lake Charles, rather Louisiana. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, last week, and um, huge, huge turnout. Just can't get in. I, I, why is it the Dems can't see what's going on here? D- do you think that they're just uh, all about the resistance? Or I, I just don't see how you can be that, that blind, Jonathan, that this man has the heart of the American people. They show up where he is. What, what's going on in the minds of those Dems, Jonathan? If you had a guess at what they are thinking, Adam Schiff, what, what is he thinking? Talk to us. Well, I'll tell you, this is a perfect example that people can understand. You know, for years and years and years, we've been told don't eat pork unless it is cooked until it's practically burnt. Right? Because right. you got to get all that stuff out of it, the dirty meat. Now you go to Outback or any other restaurant and you order pork, and they're going to ask you, do you want that? How do you want that cooked? I always just say, well, what do you mean? How do I want it cooked? I want it well done. They say, well, it's different now. You can get pork rare or medium. That's <laughs> because they somebody finally did a study and found out that this rumor that pork, if you don't cook it well, is going to kill you. Um, there's virtually no. Uh, record of that happening to anyone, but yet it's what everybody believes, and wow. that's called programming. Wow! It's the same thing with the food pyramid that the government provides, right? That food pyramid for anybody that's athletic—that's the first thing that gets thrown out the door. You do not follow the food pyramid if you want to be healthy. That that food pyramid was created because of politics. That's why that was created. Certain congressmen or politicians had a certain thing that their farmers had in that area, and so that got pushed to the top of that food pyramid. The reality is when, it, when we look at the way the Democrats believe, uh, the way that uh, people are swayed in, uh, by the media and politicians to believe that Trump is doing good or bad, it is no different than that. They believe that he every single thing that he does is horrific because that's what they're told over and over and over, and they don't even question it. Wow. And, folks, that's exactly why you should pick up your copy of the book Sheep No More, because there are some things that we are programmed to do. And if you can be programmed in those ways, you can be actually guided into places where harm can come to you if you're not aware of of certain things. You're just led like sheep. So Sheep No More is Jonathan Gilliam's book. Uh, and hey, I've I, got to tell you, you need to you need to pick it up. And Jonathan, when we, we think about uh, that type of thing that is going on, the programming that is going on, uh, on college campuses, tolerance. Young people are not tolerant 
any more. How does that bode for us as we travel into our American future, where you have young people who want you to hear them out, but they don't want to hear a word you have to say, especially if you're a right. conservative? Talk to us. Right. Um, that's a big problem. I'll tell you, everybody, here's something that I, I think people on the right are just assuming that Donald Trump's going to get reelected. You should never assume that anything is going to go your way in politics or in war, right? And in war, you know, trust me, we go out of our way to – when you see when the president was watching what special forces were doing when they went to get al-Baghdadi, they were watching men and dogs that have been rehearsing for and, and have paid the price to show that they will go the distance for years and years so they can work effectively in a fluid situation. And uh, when we look at – uh, the college students and uh, and all these uh, individuals that are going to be graduating and have graduated over the past three years since the president been in office going to be four years by the time it, it's time to vote for him. We have to realize that those people have been programmed and have graduated, and if they vote, we're going to have three, four generations of le- of programmed leftists that are going to be voting opposite of Trump. And that should scare everybody. That is the ramifications of this program and it's going on in schools. These college graduates, they don't even understand reality. I mean, listen to this, CL. I graduated with a degree in political science. I was talking about this today on the radio. I have a degree in political science, a degree in psychology. You know, when I was in, when I graduated, I was under the assumption that the RNC and the DNC were government entities but they're not they're private companies yeah those political parties are not government entities and i was a college graduate with a degree in political science but that was never clearly explained to me along with the the leftist politician or excuse me uh, uh professors that were telling me that the constitution is the living breathing document which is another lie yeah now you take those kind of lies and you give these kids the right to vote it it may not turn out the way that we want it. Be vigilant, folks. Be very, very vigilant. Jonathan, we only have about uh, three and a half minutes left. Is there anyone in the Democrat uh, political field for president that can possibly take on Donald John Trump? The Democrat, the, le- the people in this country that side with the Democrat Party, they are the ones who can take on Donald Trump. It's not any one politician. If they get behind any of these people, they will get the office. Wow. That's what people need to realize. It's not whether it's, you know, uh, Buttigieg or, or Elizabeth Warren. That they're irrelevant. It's whether or not they can muster up the votes to vote for any of these people. That's what we need to focus on. Because as far as I'm concerned, nobody's qualified on the left. And very few people are qualified on the right, to tell you the truth. Because we don't push qualified people to Washington, D.C. The RNC and the DNC do not – it's not really pushed. I don't know if you recognize this. In big businesses and in, in, in the federal government, they don't push leaders to the top. They pull incompetency up. Wow. And uh, that's the problem. 
with Washington, D.C. Wow. Jonathan Gilliam, as always, man, you bring enlightenment and, of course, great information to the show. And, hey, love your work and all of that. You just take good care of yourself. Tell David that we said hello, David Webb, our good friend, and got to have David on here real soon again. And uh, thank you, man. Fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Jonathan Gilliam, God bless you and keep you. And again, thank Thank you very much. You too, brother. God bless you, and be safe. Have a great week. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Jonathan T. Gilliam, my good buddy. And uh, uh, he is, of course, the author of the book Sheep No More, former Navy SEAL, well, Navy SEAL, um, FBI special agent, and, of course, um, warning us that we must be vigilant um, in this country. Not necessarily of the politician. That was a very good point that Jonathan T. made. Not necessarily the politician, uh, but of the people, the RNC and the DNC, rather, the DNC has had effect on. Because when you think about it, it is absolutely true. You have the Gen Zers now out there who really believe that um, their parents are absolutely crazy. And when you look at the Felicity Huffman type of uh, circumstance, although, you know, uh, I get it. I understand you want your child to go to the best college in the world, but, um, you know, or at least in, in your mind, the best and you want them to get in, you want them to have all the prestige, gives them all of the advantages that uh, you're thinking they should have. But uh, there are people who take exception to backdoor type of um, approach and tactics that very wealthy hypocrites in Hollywood uh, take advantage of. I get it. I understand money has its privileges. There's no question about that. Always has had, always will have, but don't be hypocritical about it. That's the thing, you know. And and so I guess she served her fourteen days slap on the wrist, or thirteen days slap on the wrist, and and was free. But uh, I want you to think about these kids who are coming out of college. You do now. You do now have two, three, maybe three generations here soon of college kids who know nothing else but progressive, liberal, Marxist-slanted indoctrination toward their own country. As you and I um, and, and, and grow a little bit older, and the pool of those who we are mentoring as conservatives and as fiscal conservatives in particular, uh, began to grow, we must take it into um, into account what it is and who it is we are facing as our challenge to save this nation, in our, in our challenge to save this nation. And I'm going to talk about that and why the young people are like they are when I return. 